0: Freedom House, could you guys give them a big welcome, Montel and Kristen Jordan. Thank you guys
1: so much for being here. Come on, let's give them a big Freedom House church welcome. And y'all just have fun, all right? Love you. Yeah,
2: yeah. Love you. Love you. Hello, hello. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? How we
0: doing, Freedom House?
2: Fantastic. Woo-hoo. Go ahead. You can have your seat. Uh, let me get this thing. Uh, we got notes, but, yeah. you know. Who knows?
0: Who knows? Let's see what happens. How this, who knows
2: how this goes tonight. Put our little notes here. I think I probably left your notes in the car or something You did, it's all right. It's okay,
0: because I love you still. We're
2: going to be all right, though. Freedom House, what's up? I'm Montel Jordan. And I'm
0: Kristen Jordan.
2: And uh, we're here with your family, your church family. Uh, and we wanted to uh, share with you just really quickly some of our family. And so yes, uh, I want to welcome the online people, too. To those that are watching online, hey, we see Well, we can't see y'all, but y'all can see us. So, hey, for those <laughs> that are watching online. Uh, but if you have that photo, can you put up the photo uh, of our family picture there? Okay, Yay, cool.
0: Hey, that's our clan, y'all.
2: That it, well, clan, Woo-hoo. not a good word, but that is our group.
0: Of, <laughs> wow.
2: See? That's not in notes right there. Yeah. That's, <sighs> freestyle and then just kind of bring that back around. This is our family. <laughs> and all the way on the far right is my son, our son Christopher. That's uh, right. His wife, Catherine. That's our first uh, grandbaby. Grandbaby. We got that's a That's baby Cruz. One. Yeah, that's Cruz. He is uh, so cute. The guy with the headphones in the back. This was on my 50th birthday. That's correct. Uh, that's Skylar with the red headphones. He is currently six. Four hundred eighty-five yeah. pounds athlete. Yeah. Uh, my daughter, uh, Ladybug, is there in front of us. She's eight now, uh, and then our daughter right there, Sid, uh, is uh, laid up. Uh, we know that we're here for somebody this weekend. Oh my
0: gosh! If you would know the adversity that we had to get here, y'all. Oh my gosh.
2: God, for, for real, like for real. Whenever on, these things
0: happen, we know that like you guys are a big deal. So. Whenever we're going to do something big in ministry, whatever, the night before is like all heaven and hell break loose. And it's fantastic. And yeah, last night at 11 o'clock at night, I got the call. of um, So my, I was at a dinner for our pastor, uh, Pastor Summer. It was her birthday. So I'm there and I get two calls from her. They know where I'm at. So my children know better than to call me. Right. <laughs> but then my son calls me and I was like, okay. He's the smart one. So if something, if he's calling, something's wrong. And so I answer the phone. He goes, so um, something's wrong with sissy. You should call her. It's bad. Okay. Any more details? Mm-mm. You should call her now. I'm like, oh, okay. That's good, babe. So I call her and she goes, yeah, so a bug ran over my foot and I panicked. I mean, really panicked, and um, I slipped on a rug, and I hurt my leg, and I fell on a vase, and I slashed my hand open, and now I can see the white part. Now I really know what that means. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. And so she does a tourniquet and does the whole thing because we wanted to be a doctor, and so we know what to do. So the nurse says, "Um, well, let me see it. She goes, I don't think that's a good idea. The nurse says, yeah, let me see it. Needless to say, it was all over the nurse. And so, yeah, it didn't go well. So let's just say, we, and this happened until 4 o'clock in the morning. Sprained
2: foot, cut up hands, hospital visit all last night, right as we were preparing to come here and be with y'all. So yeah. we figured.
0: You're a big deal. God, we know that. got something
2: for you. <laughs> we want to make sure that you get it. Okay, so uh, we want to start by saying, Kristen and I, we've been married uh, for 25 years uh, to each other. We've been married okay. to each other. For 25 years, you got to say that. Uh, and we're going to be, what, 26? Is it 26 now?
0: Yes, but just like a week ago. So. 20,
2: okay, yeah, 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 okay. But it, but, it, <laughs> but it feels like just yesterday. Oh, so
0: sweet, babe.
2: <laughs> the guys are going, yeah, all right. No, really. <laughs> and and uh, we've been married for 26 years. Yeah. Uh, and we want you to know that we are going to be happily married to each other together Forever.
0: Absolutely. And
2: and I know some people hear that, and you kind of go, Uh, eh, you shouldn't say that, or hey, that's kind of, you know, jinxing it, or here's the deal. We're going to tell you why we can make a statement uh, like that. Uh, Pastor Troy was kind of saying, uh, some of you know about uh, our past. Me as a recording artist, Kristen was my manager for most of that time, and you're familiar with the song, you know, this is how we do it. You know, CC knows it, rest of y'all. Um I would say if you if you're not familiar with that song, you're probably too saved. Um, you didn't laugh at that. That's you. Just a little, little too saved. And Pastor, congratulations for doing a good job. Great job. You, getting, Five Bible in
0: distance. It's fantastic. We know.
2: Yes, yes. But we do want to start out by saying uh, we want to give honor where honor is due. Uh, you have amazing pastors with an amazing family. Too. So, can we just give a round of applause uh, for Pastor Troy, Pastor Penny? If you're watching online, y'all. put some some clap hands in the chat room or whatever. We want to celebrate them. Uh, I'm going to pray and we're going to dive on in. Okay, Let's do it. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, thank you that you love marriage and thank you that um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, you've given us a template of how we should resemble you here on the earth in our marriages. I pray for those that are married. I pray for those. Who have a desire to be married uh, and we just cover them cover our words cover this content father that it would be your heart that's poured out over your people uh, on this day and we Absolutely. pray these things in jesus name amen in jesus name amen
0: so montel and i are here because god loves marriage yeah he does and montel and i
2: love marriage yeah, and we so do. we
0: have two objectives here with you today if you can put first things first you can make it last forever
2: Shout out to Keith Sweat. Make it last forever. (laughs) Put first things first.
0: And if you can take divorce off the table, you can make it last forever.
2: That's right. Those are two things. Put first things first. And those are our objectives. Take divorce off the table. And listen, both Kristen and I, uh, we have experienced having families that were very, very dysfunctional, filled with divorce and dysfunction. And. Um, my parents were married and then divorced after 25 years of marriage and then, uh, remarried and then had a tragedy. And now my mom is, is, uh, married to the the love of her life now. But, uh, we believe that God has tried to give us a blueprint of what it is to have a successful marriage. And we believe if you follow that blueprint, uh, you can avoid many of the pitfalls, you know, that a lot of people go through.
0: And for me, my parents were married and divorced six times by the time I was 18 years old. So I just saw dysfunction and trial and tragedy at the highest level. But there was one couple that actually was our testimony, our go-to, and it was my grandparents. Mm -hmm. And they were in the Salvation Army, and they raised up churches all over the world.
2: By the way, you know the Salvation Army is a real army. (laughs) That's true. That's true. It is.
0: It's crazy. They were. Um, he was the keynote speaker at the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. So, like, he was a big deal. But they were who we were looking to to see, you know, success because they had been married all my life and I would seen. Yeah. And my grandmother would tell me that they were married 60 years. But my mom would say 55. And I was like, okay, there's a discrepancy. We need to understand what's happening here. And the thing was is that when I went to my grandmother, I said, Grandma, tell me about that mom says 55, you say 60, what's happening? She says, oh, just because he went to be with Jesus doesn't mean I stopped counting. It's just, this is what, I was like, okay, yep, keep counting. That's
2: that's that Biggie Smalls life after death love right there, (laughs) like, Like, like you don't have to, but I'm just saying that was like deep for me. (laughs) And it
0: it was crazy to us, but it was these teachings. And this is the thing, like, when you want to go somewhere, when you want to be successful, you always look to somebody as an example or some marker that you're trying to hit, right? And so because they had been successful in raising children and being married 55 years that I had seen, and guess what? I want to know how you did that. Like, how did that go? And the thing was, is that it was the teachings that they gave us coupled with biblical principles that we came up with something called rocking chairs and beyond.
2: Yeah. Rocking chairs and beyond. That's our Y'all family. Know rocking thing. chairs and Y'all beyond. you familiar is, with right? that rocking chairs and beyond. So it's okay. the little old lady
0: and the little old man sitting on the porch drinking coffee in the morning. How you doing, baby?
2: I'm doing good, baby. How you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing all right. You're looking mighty fine
2: this morning. Oh, a well, girl out of my good eye. you looking pretty good yourself. That's that rocking Chairs and 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 Beyond beyond. right there. That's what we're trying to get to, and the reality is, you know, how do you get to rocking Chairs and Beyond? How do you get to being able to look back over your legacy and see that what God put together, no one had torn apart? And we believe God gave us something. Your pastors teach about it. We want to teach about it. Just kind of stamp what they have said is that uh, if you can put first things first, Uh, It's God's biblical order of priority. First things first, it's God's biblical order of priority. And God is a God of order. He
0: is. And if you don't think he is, you know the books of the Bible that you skip over where it says this many cubits high, this many colors, this many stitches. That's of order. He's a God of order. So order is a big deal to him.
2: Absolutely. So we want some participation here. And for those of you who are watching at home, uh, the first priority is God, can you say God? One finger,
0: say God.
2: One more time, God. God. God is first. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, this is a message version that says, love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Now there's a theme that's happening there as it says, love him, love him with your whole heart. Love him with your God, love, 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 Like, like God is repeating himself. God doesn't stutter, but he does repeat himself. And he repeats himself because there are things that he wants us to grab a hold to and sometimes it takes us a while to catch it. Absolutely.
0: For for me, this was this is a theme that we have to hold on to and really and guess is the thing. If he repeats himself, it's super important. Yeah. For me, one of the things um, that we try and teach our children is is that when we have these uh moments that we are teaching, right? We're teaching biblical truth. So my son and I, my son is probably in the third or fourth grade at this time. And so there's a 30 minute drive to school. So each and every morning we get into these deep conversations. Sometimes it's about music. Sometimes it's about friends and about marriage. But on this particular day, he hit me with this question, hit me right between my eyes. And I was like, Oh, he said, Hey mommy, who do you love the most? This is a setup. Cause <laughs> what do you say right here? And so I said, you know what? Wait, this is a good teaching moment. I said, well, baby, mommy loves God the most. And he was like, even more than daddy? Yes, even more than daddy. In fact, that's what keeps you and daddy safe. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, hmm, you know what, mommy? I love God the most too. And then I love you the next most.
2: He didn't say that. He did. You, that's hate. Where, you hate. That's where it's you okay. start changing stories over time. <laughs> yeah, he.
0: Haterade. It. It's okay. Anyway, there's a scripture in
2: Mark 12 that's and 30. You should read that.
0: Mark 12 and 30 says it like this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. God is a jealous God. Heed that warning. Don't put anything before him.
2: Absolutely. And if you notice, once again, a recurrent theme there, love him with all your heart, all your soul, all, all, all. He's not stuttering. He is repeating himself because he doesn't just want you to give all, but he gave all and he wants us to respond to what he has already done for us. So our first priority is God. Our second priority is our spouse. spouse. Say that with us. Second priority is our spouse. spouse. Ephesians chapter five, verse 25 says this husband's. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her.
0: And wives, your spouse is God's gift to you. Honor God by honoring the gift that he gave you.
2: I would say to the husbands, um, our wives are supposed to know what the love of Jesus is like by how we love them. Ah, I know that's a hard one right there, but that's, that's the real deal. And let me just share something because I've... I've been very honored. I love the idea of covenant and what a covenant marriage is, and so I want to give you a definition. Uh, a covenant marriage, uh, a covenant marriage is a, a relationship between three: one man, one woman, and God. Amen. I'm going to say it again because this is worth saying again. A covenant marriage yes. Yes. is a relationship between three: one man one woman, and God. Now, here's why this is super important. Um, When you talk about covenant, let me give you covenant simplified. Uh, As humans, okay, we can make contracts. That's true. As humans, we can make agreements, but only God can create a covenant. Somebody missed that. Um, We can enter into a covenant, but we can't create one. And so what that means is that uh, even if the institution of marriage changes based on whatever laws we institute, okay, you missed that. Let me say it a different way. Uh, even if the definition of marriage changes based on someone redefining what God already defined, uh, the original covenant of marriage can be entered into it, but it can't be created because it was never up for interpretation. It was never up for negotiation. That's not how God set it up. Um, I remember I tried to create my own, uh, covenant marriage. Yes, you did. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, And uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Back when I was a recording artist with Def Jam Records, uh, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be famous. Uh, I knew that I could probably be good in in music. I didn't know if I could be a good husband or a good father, but I knew music was the thing that I could really do well. And when I got to the record label, they said, hey, um, you know, you just got married, but if you want to be successful in the music business, nobody wants an unavailable married R&B singer. So in order for you to be successful in the business, men have to want to be you and women have to want to be with you. And if they can create that, you can be successful in the in the business. Now, I'm saying, well, I want to be successful in the business. I don't know if I can be a good husband. I just got married. I don't know if I can be a good father. But I know that God had given me a gift musically. And so when I started going out places and I would be uh, in New York City, Hot 97, uh, Wendy Williams when she was doing radio, you know, I got the number one song in the nation. And all over the world, this song is blowing up. And people would say... So Montel, you got all this fame. You got all this money now. Do you got anybody special in your life that you sharing it with? And I was like, yeah, I'm married to my music. That became my, my statement. I thought it was cool. I'm married to my music. Now, if there's life and death in the power of the tongue, And there is. And it is. If I am professing with my mouth, if I'm making a declaration that I am married to my music, what does that make her? His mistress. She becomes my mistress. And so either art imitates life or life imitates art, we start to living out in our marriage what I had been proclaiming, and it was not a beautiful time for us And the crazy
0: thing is that, so when we get to the label, they do the same thing with me. Okay, so we know that you're recently married, and all of that's cute and great, and we know you're his manager, but we do want you to know that they won't take you seriously as a manager if they know you're his wife. Now, remember, I told you that my parents were married and divorced by the six times, right? So my mom's mantra when I was a kid was, self-sufficient, independent, anything you put your hands to, you're going to be successful, And she's basically breeding in me what she didn't have as a kid so that I could not uh, encounter the things that she did as a kid, right? So I knew I could be a successful businesswoman. I knew with everything within me. Now, I didn't know if I could be a good wife. I didn't know if I could be a good mom. But one thing I knew is, guess what? I'm going to be a successful businesswoman. In fact, when we met, I told him, hey, I'm going to make you a million dollars, but I'm not going to make you eggs. Are we
2: good? I'm like, you could buy a lot of eggs with a million dollars. So we good.
0: So guess what I say. So when the label says, so are you okay with them not knowing that you're the wife? Oh, absolutely. We'll, Let's do this. Let's be successful. Let's sell records. Let's do this. But what we don't understand is that sometimes the agreements that we enter into and the lies that we align ourselves with, we don't understand the power or the things that we're actually doing. So I, I just want to give you a representation of what's really happening in the spiritual realm of what I did in the natural, okay? So let's go to the most important day of my life. Okay, and so what happens is, is that on the most important day of my life, when I decide that I'm going to be Mrs. Jordan, I'm standing at the back of the church and my daddy's with me and he's so excited and I'm so excited. We're crying. He's waiting at the top of the church and we come forward and the pastor says,
2: who gives this woman to be married? And
0: my daddy says, I do. And what happens there is what's supposed to happen is I'm supposed to come out from under the spiritual covering of my father and then under the spiritual covering of my husband. Okay, so that's what's happening in the spiritual realm. What happened on that day is I said, you know what? That was really cute. It was nice. I appreciate your covering, but I'm good. I got this. And so what happened is I came out from underneath the covering that God had provided for me, and I went back to what I had already known, and I was Kristen Hudson. Well, the beautiful caveat of that is is that then what I did is I came into an alignment with the lies that came with that covenant. Well, that covenant was uh, infidelity and alcoholism and drug addiction and pornography and all kind of fun facts. And guess what happens in the spirit? The enemy comes with an onslaught for us. And we want to know, why is it so difficult? What's happening? Guess what? When we line our lives up with the the father of lies, Mm. then we get to walk those things out.
2: And so the onslaught comes. Does yeah. that
0: make sense?
2: And then keeping that, keeping the maiden name, that was a big deal. And, and let me just say something, because I feel like I'm supposed to kind of stick a pin in that right there. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of folks have gotten married. And listen, if, if this is you, just look straight ahead. No one will know. And don't blink. Just look straight ahead, and nobody will know it's you we're talking about. What we're saying is, uh, if you do it, just understand the why behind the what. You may have said, well, for business reasons, or for me, people knowing how to find my business, or because of the, or whatever those reasons are, we're showing you that because she didn't come underneath my covering, she tried to keep a covering of her father and she found herself uncovered in those time periods. So just understand what it it means and what it can do. And if there's something happening there, if there's a dissension that there's there in your marriage, that could be one of the reasons why. Listen, when she didn't take my name, uh, that wasn't just like a, in the natural, she's be Hudson and I'll be Jordan. There was something in the spirit that also happened in me That's that correct. said, uh, if you can't take my name in the natural, there also means you can't come underneath me in the spirit. And so, yeah, we had successful business yeah. stuff popping off, but when it came to marriage, we were hemorrhaging Even going into marriage because there was difficulty of her submitting to me because she didn't come underneath my covering. And then let me just add to that. uh, It was also difficult for her to submit to me because I wasn't submitted to God. Oh, that'll preach right there. Yeah. Listen, it's hard for a woman to submit to a man who is not submitted to God. And I want you to know that God does give us a remedy for this. He gives us uh, uh, what a woman can do to be able to help allow her husband to align uh, with the will of God. And, baby, that's in uh, First Peter. Will you read that? First
0: Peter 3 and 1 says it this way. In the same way, in the same way you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words, and they will be been won over. What happens there is, is, and this is the thing that I need you to understand. I've never, ever met a man who was won over by nagging. You're not going to nag them back to Jesus. You're not going to holler them back to Jesus or guilt them back to Jesus But if you love them and follow the Lord with your whole heart, your character, your prayer life, that will win him back to Jesus. Because he'll want to know that in spite of me being a dastardly cuss, (laughs) how could you still love me? Because of the love of Jesus. And the thing is, is that I will win him by the content of my character and the way that I'm displaying those things. That's good. The other thing I want to say, and this is a sidebar, not in my yeah, notes, fine. but I feel being led to this. One of the other things that happened in the spiritual realm when I didn't take his last name and when I re- it was a spirit of rejection because I rejected him in the spirit and I rejected him. And so what I said was, you aren't good enough. I didn't know I was doing that, but then that would cause a whole onslaught of things that would come later of that. Guess what? Then the enemy would open the door to allow somebody else to come along and I say... I want to be Miss Jordan. <laughs> I wouldn't treat him like that. I wouldn't do that. Guess what? And it happened to me too. And that's what I want you to understand is this, that when we leave the door open, be clear. The enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you leave the door open, I can assure you he'll come right on in.
2: Absolutely. So keep rocking with us. Our first priority is... God. Our second priority is our spouse. Our third priority is our children, children. your kids. Ephesians
0: 6 and 4 says it this way, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training, fear, and admonition of the Lord.
2: That's good. You know, I often would hear, you you know, children do not come with instructions manuals, but Um, I have learned that is not accurate. I believe the word of God gives us a template of what a good father is supposed to look like. Now, we know that a lot of blended families, you know, when you come together, maybe from a a prior marriage or from a prior relationship, you bringing kids or whatever, when you're putting a family together, this is one of the places where people struggle the most when it comes to aligning with God's plan. And let me say this, and this is super, super important um, not just for those that are married or that are blended or for even those who are here or watching who are single and who have kids and who have a desire to be married one day. Uh, placing your kids out of order is placing them in harm's way. Say it again. I'm going to say it again. When you when you place your kids out of order, you place them in harm's way. I don't know any husband that wants to come behind a child. Facts. I, I don't know any woman that wants to come behind a kid. And what you got to understand is that kids need to know that mommy and me come first. Even if you were here before, we're trying to bring you into the safety underneath the covenant. And if you can't come into that, if you breach that covenant to be able to say, I know this is, I know you're supposed to come first. I know I'm supposed, but this is my daughter. I, yeah, I love you, but I do anything for my daughter. I love him, but I, my son. It was us. But when you do that, you place your children in harm's way. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Fact. Either either one works. And either guess what?
0: Works. This isn't just blended families. This can be nuclear families too, right? So when we get our kids and put them in places where they don't belong, we can get busy momming, right? So like,
2: I'm sorry. Did you just say mommy?
0: I did. Because guess what? Karate and basketball practice and football practice and all the things that we have to do. And guess what? You get so busy that every waking moment you're doing something. There has to be a practice. They have to have this. They have to have that. Guess what? When we do that, they're out of order. And what will happen is in 18 years when they're supposed to leave, you'll wake up next to a stranger and go, "Mm, do I know you? Yeah. And guess what? You won't know them, and those children will leave.
2: Oh, I, I want them to leave.
0: In Jesus' name.
2: If you're watching, please leave.
0: Amen. At 18, just... Okay, because guess what? Here's the thing it's important. This is the most important relationship you have this side of heaven. Treat it accordingly. That's good. And when we put our children and you know what, one of the other things that's super important about this, especially when it's in blended family or whether this is a nuclear family, when you don't teach your children order in your home, they won't know it when they get outside. So when they go to a job and their boss says, you can't do this, you need to do this. I'm not going to do that. And you're not going to be employed and seen. And then they end up back on your stop in your basement. No, thank you. In Jesus' name, you'll learn order here so that when you go outside, you know order and you know how to do things. You know how I know this? Guess what? I didn't have this in my home. And so when I got out, I didn't understand that I had to submit to authority. And so guess what? I popped up and clapped back, and guess what? I ended up getting another job and had to get another job and another job because I didn't learn the authority at home. That's
2: good. Make sense? That's good. So rock with us. Crowd participation and those that are on watching online. Our first priority is God. God. Our second priority is our spouse. spouse. Third priority is our children. Fourth priority is the church. church. The church. I Singles, know. we're going to get to you all in just a second. Fourth I just priority. heard half of you go. <gasps> I know. It's, it's yeah, okay.
0: It's Stay with me. Stay, yeah. with me. Stay with me. Be involved with your local body of believers. Hebrews 10 and 25 says it like this. Not forsaking or neglecting the assembly as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. In Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, it says it like this. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That's good. This is why the church community, small groups, that's why these things are so important. It's important that you stay plugged in. It's important to be involved. And the reason why, guess what? We do better when people are watching. That's good. You it- want to know why Weight Watchers works? It's not because they have amazing food. Be clear. It's because the lady who's going to stand beside you and look at that scale, you're going to have to confess to her all the things that you ate, which is why that scale says what it does. So you don't eat those things because you don't want her to look at you and be like, mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when people are watching, we do better.
2: When your church... Uh, is surrounding you. And especially, I mean, come on, y'all, with what we've just come through with social distancing, with the COVID-19, with everything kind of being quarantined and locked down, it's been essential to be able to have small groups and have community and have people in your life so that even though you may be socially disconnected, you're not spiritually disconnected from the body of Christ. The building may have closed, but the church never closed. And so, uh, I feel like I'm supposed to say that. But here's the deal. Uh, for the singles out there, this is your place. Because if you're not married yet, if you don't have uh, kids yet, uh, basically when you put God first and then you got plenty of time to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. The church, this is, this is for you. And I'm not saying God got to be your husband or your wife. It's, it's not don't that, say that. But please. just understand, here's the deal. When you're single, the church is supposed to have your back. That's a fact. When you are married... Your spouse is supposed to have your back, and the church is supposed to have y'all back. back. Uh, I want to give you a a little bit of a visual here. Um, uh, That that scripture there uh, in Ecclesiastes, uh, it said that a person is standing alone. uh, Here's the deal. A lot of marriages look like this. This may not be a physical way that it looks, but this is spiritually what your marriage might look like. This is what your heart posture looks like. This is what your spiritual positioning looks like towards your spouse. I wasn't even in the argument you had in the car on the way over here. I'm not in your business. Uh, but a lot of times we can look like this. But that scripture in Ecclesiastes just told us, That a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but it says two can stand back to back and conquer. Well, what does that look like? It looks like this. So if two can stand back to back and conquer, I don't have time to fight her. I've got to fight the hell that's coming at me from sickness and disease and from unemployment and from struggle. All of the things that are coming against us, I don't have time to fight her. She's not my enemy. I'm not her enemy. The word says two can stand back to back and conquer. Now, listen, the word of God is so good that it doesn't just stop there. Let me give us a little more room over here. Come over here, baby. The word is so good, it it doesn't stop there. Give me some more. I want, I want some more just give it to me one more time. At least three. All right. Two can stand back to back and conquer, but a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You have one man, one woman, the Holy Spirit. God that brings us together into covenant. This is what our marriages are designed to look like. So that even though he want to leave. You ain't going nowhere. You fed up. You want out of this relationship. You ain't going nowhere. This is what God desires us to look like. And if you can get this, if you can get this picture in your head. One man, one woman, the Holy Spirit knitting you together, there is not anything that you cannot defeat that comes against your marriage. Come on, that's worth celebrating. Some of y'all want to take this rope and, and choke each other out. That's not what it's for. That's, 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 not, that's not what it's for.
0: <laughs> Can't do that.
2: Nah. All right. Y'all still with us, right? Okay, so our first priority is God. God. Our second priority is our spouse. Third priority is our children. Fourth priority is our church. Fifth priority is our
0: family and friends.
2: Family and friends.
0: Proverbs 18, 24 says it like this. Some friends don't help.
2: Wait, I'm sorry.
0: That's the word of God. (laughs) I can't make
2: this up. That's Bible right there. Say that again. (laughs)
0: Some friends don't help, but a true friend is closer than your own family. That's good. We have to know the difference between relatives and family. And there's a difference. We don't get to choose our relatives. We get what we get. And (laughs) my mom used to say, you get what you get and you can't pitch a fit. That's a relative, right? But family, I get to choose. That's the people who pour into me, who speak life into me, who speak life into our marriage, who have amazing things to say, that draw us closer to the Lord. Guess what? That's our family, and that's what it looks like, and we get to choose that.
2: That's right. And some people might be saying, well, hold on. Why would I put church above my family and friends? It's very simple. Uh, Either the church is going to help you view your family and friends or your family and friends are going to determine how you view the church. One is going to have greater influence over the other.
0: That's a fun fact. And guess what? The way some of y'all family act, you need all the Jesus you can get.
2: That's that's true. That's true.
0: That's a fun fact.
2: All right. So one more time. Our first priority is God. Second priority is our spouse. spouse. Third priority is our children. Fourth priority is our church. Fifth priority is our family, family and friends. friends. And the sixth priority is is your job. our job, your work, work career. your career. Oh, my gosh. I and can't believe it's all just, the way
0: down there. You're so ridiculous. Somebody just
2: choked in the back. That's all right. Are you Watch. okay? We said your work, your job is.
0: <gasps> and I, We lost half the men right there. It's okay. Stay with me.
2: Yeah. Listen, we know when Adam was created, he was placed in the garden. He was given responsibility, named the animals, take care of the garden, do that. That's called a job. That's the first thing that Adam was given when he got here was a job. And we understand it is important to work. It is. But this is the most commonly misplaced uh, area in our marriages, in the design for marriage.
0: Absolutely. And when your priorities are out of place and you put this one higher up on the list, like putting your job way up at the top, guess what? You put your family in harm's way. Yeah. And this is very dangerous because guess what? All those things that you've put behind the priority that God intended are now potentially in danger. Yeah. It says in First Thessalonians three and ten, it says it like this if you don't work, you don't eat. And I get that. But this priority out of alignment, you'll be eating alone. Amen. And it's a problem. Facts. And, <laughs> That's good. and guess what? You know why we know this? And you know why we can say this? This is the priority that we got the most out of order. Here's the thing we made this number one. Over God. Real. It was our job. I was guess an artist. What? This is, we this is sold what we do. millions and millions of records, went all over the world. We sold 50-plus million records, y'all. That don't make no sense. Every country, we've seen it, been there, did that. And guess what? We were wildly successful to the outside. But guess what? On the inside, we were hemorrhaging and bleeding out, and our children were hemorrhaging and bleeding out. And guess what? We sacrificed them on the altar of the Six charts. Yeah. Don't do this. At the end of the day, my question is, is it's not going to be important. You think it is. It's the most important thing in the world. Okay. Let's see how this ends.
2: When, when, we, when most people get to the end of their lives. And especially when you're in ministry. Uh, and Pastor Penny Troy. Y- y'all know this. If you, When you do funerals. Or you get to those places where people are, are at the end of life. Um, they are not saying. I wish I put in more hours at the office.
0: I wish I'd made one more meeting.
2: I wish I could have just closed one more deal.
0: I wish my profit and loss statement looked so much better. Guess what? That's not what we hear. And you know what? Unfortunately, we hear this a lot. And when we go to bedsides and we are praying for people, I'll tell you what we do here. I wish I had spent more time with my husband.
2: I wish I had a stronger relationship with my spouse.
0: I wish I had spent more time with my children.
2: I wish I had done more to help my church.
0: I wish I had told somebody about Jesus. That's a big deal, y'all. Do you know that you will stand before the Father and you'll stand alone? And my question is, when he asks you, how did you treat the beautiful husband that I gave you? What are you going to say?
2: How did you treat the spouse, the incredible wife I gave you?
0: How did you treat those beautiful gifts of children that I gave you?
2: How did you serve in that great church that I placed you in?
0: Who did you tell about me?
2: Did you ever lead anyone to Jesus?
0: Those are the questions you're going to be asked. So we need to think about the questions that are more pressing. And the truth of the matter is, is that once I had that realization, everything changed. Because guess what? That's my trajectory. Everything I do comes with the thought of when I sit before the father, what will he say? Yeah. And guess what? That makes my priorities a whole lot different. And no longer is my job, my career, my work, my worth. Worldly worth. Guess what? My heavenly worth far supersedes
2: my worldly worth. Yeah, and let me just say this too, bad. And this is not in the nose, but I just want to add this in there uh, because I, I love to be able to say this for your pastors. Um, they are the pastors of this church, but y'all not first. Facts. Let me say that again. Love you. Mean Appreciate it. you. You're not first. Their relationship with God, that's first. Church or no church. Their relationship with each other is more important than you. Church or no church. That's right. Their children are more more important than you. Church or no church. Because if... That relationship and that relationship and their family unit ain't intact. How are they going to serve you in a church and they can't even fix their own home? You got to understand what our place as the church is to lift them up. That's right. That they have a strong relationship with God and a strong relationship with each other and a strong relationship with their children because that's how they can serve you better as pastors of a church. You're, well, you my pastor. You're supposed to be with me on my bedside or you couldn't come and pray for me. when? Shut up. <laughs> Grow up. I'm sorry. If if I'm not invited back here, it'll be because of what I'm saying right now. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You got to grow up, church. Now's the
0: time to grow up. Because guess what? When you have healthy leaders, you have a healthy church. Because the heart of the man goes out over the people. If you pull too much on the man or you have the expectation on a man that is further than what God wants, you will force him to be unhealthy. And that can't happen. God is not pleased.
2: That's good. Okay, we're Fun almost fact, at the end even of this we, in there, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, it's right, okay. So, okay, so we're walking through this thing. Uh, stay with us, y'all. We're almost there. First priority is God. God. Second priority is our spouse. spouse. Third priority is our children. children. Fourth priority is the church. Fifth priority is our Family job, and our friends. Family and friends. A sixth priority is our job or career. And the seventh and final priority is <laughs> me. You.
0: Guess what? Hobbies, sports, special interests. All of these fall right here. Hey, you, guess what? Oh, I got one. Fantasy football, ESPN.
2: That was unnecessary. That oh, was kind sorry. of below the belt there. Golf. Yeah, a little heart yeah, oh. oh, right there. Egg, egg. Girls' night out.
0: Okay, okay, okay. okay. Shopping, listen, uh, okay.
2: Listen, y'all. God desires for us uh, to enjoy this life that He has given to us. Absolutely. But when we place ourselves out of order, and we are for self help, we understand you need to have a healthy self. It's important. Um, but when you place yourself out of order, uh, what happens is it can become selfish. And in order to, uh, to break selfishness, we have to become selfless. And understand this because people get it mixed up. Being selfless uh, isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And so anything that's going dysfunctional, anything that's crazy in your life, uh, that uh, when you feel tension, you feel you're arguing, something is just out of alignment, you can go back like we can and you can look at that order and say, What's going, what's going on, babe? And you look at that order and you can see, oh, I place job over the kids or, oh, I place church over you or, oh, and God will help you bring that back into alignment. Jesus, we seal the deal with what you've shared with us today. We love you. We adore you. We're grateful. Uh, allow us to see what's out of alignment and see that you uh, uh, can work spiritual chiropractic work on us and put things back in alignment, God. We trust you. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Amazing, amazing. All right, here's what we want to do. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a break. I'm going to say 10 minutes, and then we'll come back in. But I want to I want to give you a little pastoral encouragement for everybody that's in the room. It's good to see all your faces, different campuses together. Mwah! Love you all. Um, and then everyone that is watching online, I just want to encourage you in something. The reason that we are doing this today, uh, it's not because we just didn't have anything to do when we We're like, you know what, let's just fill it up with Montel and Kristen. We've got nothing else to do. The reason that we brought you here today, the reason that we're streaming this is because we want marriages strong and healthy. We want your family strong and healthy. And I want you to understand the spiritual impact of some of the things that are happening right now in our society. I want you to hear me. This is a pastoral moment, okay? Bring the camera over here. There we go, camera guys. I got you. I want you to understand what's happening. Right now, when we're looking at the whole COVID situation, we're looking at um, all of the unrest um, between people. We're, we're watching all the, the fighting, the arguing, the political stuff happening. All of this is designed intentionally. This is not accidental. This didn't just happen The things that are going on right now are spiritual. You see, things happen in the spirit long before they ever show up in the natural. And what we need to understand is that what is going on right now, a lot of us are fighting things in the flesh and you're not going to win. You're not going to win a spiritual battle by shadow boxing, and what we wanted to do is we wanted to do several things. First of all, let me just explain this to you. Why did Freedom House open back up when some churches haven't? Um, first of all, we're not afraid of COVID-19. We're not scared. We're not in fear. Um, I mean, let, let's. I'm just gonna be real. I'm not, I'm not a politically correct person, so I'm not about to start. Um, but let's just break this down and be real for a second, Okay. This is not going anywhere, right? They're saying in the fall, it's supposed to spike. What I am watching is I am watching people spiritually die because the enemy has intentionally removed and made people step back from coming to church, a place where they're getting life and getting fed. Is it easier for us to do online church? Yeah, it is. We can plug and play and and zoom it out, but that's not gonna change your life. Now, for a season, I know some people need to do that, and you need to do what's best for your family. We are all about that. But I want you to understand that the attacks that are coming are not against your flesh. The attacks are in the spiritual realm. The devil is, like they said, steal, kill, destroy would love nothing more than to destroy your marriage. When your marriage gets destroyed, then it's like the umbrella, the covering over your family gets taken out and your family gets rained on. And that's why it's so important to have a covering. It's so important to stay connected. If you're Self-isolating, stay connected through Zoom, stay connected through small groups, any way you can. Do not let the devil isolate you because the Bible says that an isolated man rages against all good judgment. We're not meant to be in isolation and the whole world is, is like in fear and starting to shut down and I'm all about using good wisdom, right? Wisdom's a good thing. Fear is not from God and I'm watching marriages and families that are more tuned into the TV and the fear that is coming than getting in their Bible and getting in their word and finding out what the heck does God have to say about my marriage, about my family, about my future, because I know what the word of God has to say about your marriage, about your family, about your future, and it's not what the TV is saying. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep having church. We're going to keep doing things like this, even though some people are like, oh, you know what? I am more concerned about your spiritual life than I am anything else. As a church, my husband and I said, we are going to do everything we can. Every single thing the enemy is trying to take from you right now, we're going to do everything we can to thwart it. So, when we started getting phone calls of marriages, and we're like, mm, no, this isn't coincidence, this is spiritual, we're going to do a night for married couples. We're going to have a date night. You're going to come. You're going to have a great time. You're going to learn everything you can about the Lord, about marriage. You're going to apply it to your life, and you're going to stand back to back with the threefold cord around you so you can watch and see the enemy in every direction, and you're not going to give in to his tactics, right? So here's what we're going to do. Pastor Troy and I are going to come up. We have a a beautiful song just for you married couples that'll be uh, happening as we start the next session off. And then the four of us are gonna come up. We're gonna talk about sex. We're gonna talk about money. We're gonna talk about how to fight fair. Did you know arguing and disagreeing is not a bad thing? It actually brings about health and brings about change if you know how to do it appropriately, but most of us weren't raised that way. We're trying to win. An argument instead of win the person, right? So all those things we're gonna talk about and we are gonna have an amazing time. So do this, jump up on your feet. If you need a potty break, you go online, you go get your Diet Coke, your coffee, your glass of wine. If you're sitting with your spouse in front of that TV, whatever you need, you go get it. We'll be back here in 10 minutes. Um, and then we're gonna have... Dig in questions, answers, and really go for it. So y'all do what you need to do for a few minutes and meet you right back here.
3: Taking it day by day, don't need a play by play. Why worry when I can just trust? Now I'm taking it day by day. Don't need a play by play. Why worry when I can just trust you?